Come on, what a great couple of weeks we've had. Easter egg hunt on Palm Sunday. Uh, here to, uh, last week, Easter Sunday morning. Just an amazing couple of weeks. Thank you for being a part. We had 125 plus helping us for our Easter egg hunt. 640 some people came out. A ton of guests. In fact, Pastor Rachel and I, we sent out over 80 individual voicemail uh, video messages to all of our guests that were with us that day. That was a lot of fun. Uh, that, was, that took a while to make 80 different videos for people. It was so much fun. And if you're new with us, maybe just the last two, three, four weeks, we once again want to say thank you for being a part, for jumping into the family. We just believe that God has big things. And when we all come together, when we do it together, something special happens. We get to go after him in service, but also in groups, in teams. And we'd love all of you. If you're brand new or been with us for a long time, be sure to be a part. Jump in. Be a part of community here at Radiant Life Church. Now this morning, we're going to start a new sermon series on the Holy Spirit. And specifically, how the Holy Spirit walks with us in the normal things that we do. Maybe in our life, in our Christ Christian walk. We'll be talking about uh, Acts chapter 2 and, and Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday, in fact, is coming June 5th. That day is going to be awesome, a great day. Uh, Ruthie Orberg from the National Assemblies of God office is going to be here. We got to hear her last year at our network conference. It was uh, amazing. You're not going to want to miss June 5th in the morning as well as in the evening. I see some phones out there, so put that in your calendar, June 5th morning and the evening. Uh, we're going to go after the Spirit, but also, did you know the Spirit... If you come to know the Lord, he walks with you. He's with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. And so we're going to talk about a few different areas. And today specifically, we're going to start with the Holy Spirit and prayer. Now, we, over the last couple of, well, really three or four days, Rachel, myself, our family, we've had a lot of fun. We've had, what for us fun means we've had a ton of people to our house. A ton of people. So we had our life group, foundations group on Friday night. And we got to sit around our fire outside. I love talking around a fire. There's nothing like it. It's the best communication that you have. We absolutely love it. Then last night we had our young adults. Uh, they came out, Pastor Sarah, and a bunch of them came out playing football in the yard. And uh, it, was, it was so much fun. But just to get more ready, for a long time we have wanted to get rid of these massive pine trees that are by our house. Uh, maybe some of you have been here. In fact, a few of you may have even helped my dad plant them. Who knows? A long, long time ago. I've lived in the house that I'm in now since I was four years old uh, and then bought our house from my parents. And I do not remember a time in my life when these pine trees were not there. I don't know how many years it's been, but well over 30 years, these pine trees. And they started small, but over the years, they got huge, like massive. And then we were told that these were about 20 life uh, years is about the normal lifespan of these trees. And then they start doing weird things where we're at least 30 years and they were growing weird. One of them literally is like laying on the ground and then grew up straight to like four feet to the left and then up. That didn't look very good. It was dying. Another one, it was a pretty good looking tree, except at the top, it was like a Christmas tree grew out the side of it and it was dead. Like it looked really bad. Um, another tree was just dead. So we finally got up the, okay, we're going to make this happen. We're going to figure out how to do this. We got my, my dad's chainsaw. I cut these things down. The one tree we had to drop in between our patio and our other tree we didn't want to kill because it's a nice maple tree. And thankfully, put a little notch in it. It fell right where it was supposed to. Thank you, Jesus. That, you know, you never know. All, all went well. 
But in about two, maybe at the most, three hours. We've been wanting to do this for years. Two or three hours, we cut these trees up, and my kids and I, my wife, we took all of that to our fire pile in the back corner of our land in two or three hours. After you do something like that, you're like, why didn't we do that 10 years ago when we wanted to do this? It literally was two or three hours. But we got rid of them, we moved them, and I began to think, and just as I was then mowing my grass later on, like how much stuff in our life, how many things, and maybe, maybe the phrase, that's just the way I am, or I just can't change that, or maybe within yourself, maybe you wouldn't say it out loud, but yeah, there's that thing that nobody else knows about, and I just can't do anything about it. And when I think of prayer, and when I, I think what the Lord is going to speak to us this morning from Acts chapter 4, is that there is nothing in your life that is just the way it is. There is nothing in your life that with God and with Him moving in your life, you can't overcome. There's nothing in your life that you can't cut down and root out and get out of there, maybe not in your own strength, but with the power of God. My kids, they got this little hatchet, and uh, I would say, hey, Jordan, if you want to try to cut down that tree, it was like that big around a, a pine tree. There was no way. And this hatchet is, it was my hatchet when I was a kid. It, it's a mess. So he's out there chopping. He's like, I think it's going to fall down. Then after like 10 minutes, he's like, after those first few hits, I don't think it's gone any farther than where it was before, right? There's times we need the chainsaw to come out, because when I put the chainsaw to that thing, sharp blade, ready to go. And there's things in our life that it's not just hoping and I wish this wasn't, but it's, Lord, you need to move. I need you to show up. Would you do your thing? And I pray that today you will be encouraged to be someone who prays, to, to be someone to ask the Lord to come help you with the things you can't do on your own. Maybe even to do the things you've just been delaying because you've been, I don't want to, or I, ah, it's going to be a big deal. No, let's let God take us where he wants to take us. So Acts chapter 4 today, uh, and even right before that, we see the healing of the lame man at the temple gate. Peter, John, like just exciting the church when someone was lame from birth and all of a sudden they're up walking around. What do you say? That's a pretty exciting moment, right? The church is like, woo, come on. This is awesome. Everything's great. Things are kicking. There's a great sermon. Uh, all these things are happening until Peter and John are taken and they're before the council, and you know, this could be bad if you think we're in Acts chapter 4. Right before that would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus just died. He rose again, just like the last week. I mean, not quite that soon, but very soon after. They're in this spot. They know what the penalty could be for going against the leaders, the religious leaders. They're in this spot, and that's where we come to, where they realize they're, they've been arrested. They've been before them. There's been a trial There's, uh, before the Sanhedrin. There's people praying. And then in verse 23 of Acts chapter 4, it says, When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Mostly what they had said to them was, stop talking about Jesus. Stop doing what you do. What your life is all about, knock it off. Or else there's going to be some serious problems. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together. And I believe there's something when we think of prayer, maybe the why I pray portion. Now, before we even get to this, if you are someone that you've just been before the Sanhedrin, you've been on trial, you've been in prison, you come back to your people, 
and your first thought is not, how do we get our lawyer ready so that maybe we don't get put to death? How do we not get our camel all, you know, saddled up and ride as fast as we can away from here, right? Like, how do we not do the things we would want to do to run? But the first response is, we got to pray. We got to pray. We don't know what to do, so what are we going to do? We are going to pray. That is something that is a relationship. There's, there's something that is built within us. And I want to encourage us as a church, we must be people that no matter what is going on, we are people of prayer. We are people that go after the Lord. James 5.13 says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. If there's a problem in your life, you should pray. If there's a situation, you should pray. If something's going wrong, you should pray. But you know what else? If everything is great, I encourage you, you might need to pray. If everything is perfect, you better pray because you want to stay where God has you to be. If everything is exactly how you want it to be, all the bills are paid, the job is great, you're putting money away, you better pray. Lord, what do I do with what you've given me? I mentioned our house. Rachel and I this week just have said multiple times, we love it. We love having people over to our house. We love getting to use what God has given us to bless other people. We love getting to have conversations around a fire pit. That, that it's just, there's nothing like it. We love it. Because Lord, you've given us this. We feel so blessed. Now Lord, what can we do? What one conversation can we have? What does it look like? And maybe if it's in a spot where you're, you're struggling and you don't know what to do, I want to encourage you. Be a person that prays. Be a person that comes to the Lord first. We are super thankful for our nurses and our doctors and our surgeons and all the people in our church can I encourage everybody in the room when you find out there's a sickness or a problem or you've got a cold, I encourage you, don't run to the doctor first. You can go, obviously. I've been to the doctor, been to the hospital, great. But what if first we say, Lord, you're the God that heals. You died on a cross. Isaiah says, by your stripes we are healed. What if our first response is, Lord, would you come and heal me? Would you make me new? Would you do what only you can do in my life? Then if we need to go to the doctor, sure, but Lord, he might just want to do something in your life. But we, we don't even go to him so often. These people knew how to pray. They knew what it was about. And I was just digesting this, thinking on, on Wednesday night, we talked about persistence in prayer. We talked about continuing even in a parable, an unrighteous ruler would give what the lady wanted because she was persistent. Lord, help me be persistent. Help me not stop. I don't care if it's five minutes, five months, five years, or 50 years. I'm going to pray and believe that God's going to move. Maybe someone in your life, a child that is far from the Lord. Maybe, uh, maybe a parent that doesn't know the Lord and they're getting later in life. I want to encourage you, don't stop praying. Keep pushing in. Keep believing. Keep asking. He hears you. He's got you. You know, I think of, of prayer, we so often, we are really good at kind of the, the knock and dash thing. If anybody's ever knocked on your door, you open the door, no one's there. Sometimes I feel like that's how we are with God. It's like, oh Lord, I need help. And then we run away and it's like God opens the door and he's like, you're not here anymore. Where'd you go? And we must be a people that know our Father's heart, that spend time with Him, that know Him, that when a big situation comes, we're all in. Let's go. Jesus, you got to do your thing because I can't do it on my own. 
I can't make it on my own. I'm going to pray when there's a problem, when there's a situation. I'm going to pray when it's easy. I'm going to pray no matter what it takes. Now, there was one specific moment, and uh, I, I mean, I'm sure all of us love putting money into our vehicles. Anybody just love putting money into your vehicles when it breaks down? It's great. Yeah, nobody, nobody. It's the worst. So I pray all the time, Lord, my window's not working. This is probably going to be three to $400 to fix it. I feel that there's better use that this money could go towards. So Lord, would you heal my window so that I don't have to pay for it, right? Anybody else? Like, I'll, I will give it to the missions. I'll do whatever you want. Just I hate putting money into vehicles. When I was in college, which almost 20 years ago, I was going to be going from Springfield, Missouri, driving here. The starter on my car was going out. And I, I mean, I wanted to get home. I did not want to have to do it there or have, you know, pay for it. Because if I came here, dad would do it and he'd pay for everything. So, of course, that's what I wanted to do for sure. And so I got, went to the car and my goal was if I get it started one more time and it had been starting, I, I might have to put it in neutral and push it forward, then put it in park, start it, like keep messing with it. Finally, it would start. But this, the last day when I'm going to come home, I could not get my car to start. I had a, I was just going to let it run the whole time. When I filled it with gas, I was just going to leave it running. I know it's probably illegal, but I was going to do it anyways because I had to make it happen. Uh, and it would not start. So I literally stood at my car like, Lord, I'm going to go up to my room. I'm going to get my stuff. And when I come back down here, I pray I'm going to get in this car and I'm going to start this car and drive home. Like, Lord, you're going to do it. I, I don't know if I had faith, but I had enough faith to pray it. I walked upstairs. I got my bags, got everything together. I came back down. I put them in the trunk because I figured, you know, I'm, I'm in. Like, I'm going to put them in the trunk. I started that car, and it started up perfect. I didn't turn it off at the gas station. I, I wasn't going to test anything more, but I made it home. You don't know what God might do. Come to the Lord. Maybe the mechanic should be the second call, but God should be the number one. Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to move? Whatever the situation of your life, Lord, let me be someone that I pray. Why pray? Because I've got relationship. Why pray? Because there's struggles. Why pray? Because it's my life is spending time with Jesus. So why in the world wouldn't I pray? And when I am before the Sanhedrin, when I am in trouble, when I don't know what to do, it's the natural thing of my life to come before the Lord and say, Lord, you've got to lead me. You've got to guide me. This week, I believe there's some people that you have a situation. Maybe you know about or maybe it's coming. And I want to encourage you. Don't go ask somebody else. First, ask the Lord. Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, how can I accomplish this? Lord, this computer thing, it's not doing it like I think it should. Ask the Lord. Watch God give you wisdom, maybe in who to ask. But maybe God just gives you wisdom to know what to say, to know what to do, to know how to act. Watch God do something special. Prayer must become our first response, not our last resort. It must be as children of God. We must go after him with everything we are. In fact, I mentioned earlier, I encourage you to begin letting God speak. What would we, and what could we pray with you about today? What could we cry out to the Lord for? At the end, we're going to spend some time at the altar. What, what is it today that you'd say, Lord, it's one thing. I'm going to ask some people to be bold, to come forward just to get prayer. You're not going to have to do anything, talking to Mike, anything like that. Just, we want to pray for you. But when we let God expand our faith, we're going to pray, we're going to believe every step of the way. So why pray? But as we continue, what should we pray? Maybe you're here and like, prayer just seems 
weird, I don't know, I'm just talking. Maybe you say, I'm just talking to myself. And sometimes it can feel that way. But I want to encourage you that right here we're about to see a good model for prayer. And you can know God hears you. He's got you. Acts 4, 24. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. Oh, just wrote, there's the Holy Spirit right there. The Holy Spirit helps. He guides, he directs our prayer. Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had been predestined to take place. Now, what do we see here? We see a couple things of what we should pray for. What, what do we pray? What does this look like? What are the words even that I should say? It's not a ritual or some specific grammar, or it's not like you have to get these things in the right order or else it doesn't work. What do they, they start by praising Jesus. That's what they're doing. They're saying, Lord, when David was in trouble, he could come to you. Lord, even when Jesus was in trouble, you had a plan. You predestined. You knew what was going to happen. You did not turn your back on Jesus, even though all of these disciples thought it was over. Their faith and power was not low. They didn't understand what Jesus was teaching them and telling them for years before, right? But what happened? God knew, he predestined, Jesus died on a cross, but then came back to life, and his plan for Jesus was to die on a cross. That's what he came to earth to do. They didn't get it at the time, but now they could look back and see, Lord, even when it looked bad, even when it looked like it was over, you still knew, you still had it, you still could win, and you did win the victory because of a resurrection. They said, God, these situations, they look bad but you brought it through. They looked like it couldn't happen, but you did it. And that's what we do on Sunday morning. We get to praise, and I pray on Monday morning and Tuesday and Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday night and whenever else. We get to worship God. Thank you, Lord, and let your prayer be the same. Lord, I thank you for what you did. Some of you, you've got a testimony you could tell. Lord, thank you that before I knew you, I was a mess. Now, we were all in sin and we're all in trouble but some you could be real specific thank you you brought me out of addiction you brought me out of a life that was not good for me or anybody else and lord look what you have done and look where you're taking me in the future lord thank you there's something about spending time with our creator talking with him being real with him we see it over and over throughout the word lord thank you sovereign lord Thank you, the one that made heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Wait, thank you that you are so much bigger than I am. You're so much better than I am. You've got everything in the palm of your hand. Thank you that it's not me doing this by myself, but it's the God of the universe. That's what they're saying. Thank you. They're praising the Lord. This communication with God, expressing our vulnerabilities, what's going on to our trustworthy God. Lord, I'm in trouble, but you have done it before, and you're going to do it again. Lord, I don't know what to do, but I'm so thankful that you do know what to do. I don't know where to go, but Lord, oh, thank you that you're going to lead and guide my steps. That's what he is. That's who he is. And when I pray, I want to give praise and worship to the God 
of the universe. But we also see here that then they ask in verse 29 and verse 30, it goes on. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Right? What do we see? Lord, help look upon their threats. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. That is their prayer. And something happens when I get what I'm praying for is not necessarily just a list of 40 things that I'm hoping take place. But their prayer, it wasn't for their safety per se. It wasn't for their own things, their own understanding. It was, Lord, help us continue to be able to speak your word. Help us to be able to continue to pour forth what you've given us to the world around us. Help us to continue to see signs and wonders performed. Help us to see and not be uh, smashed down or not be put out. But Lord, let us be able to tell the world about Jesus. And if you want your prayer life to get more fun, if you want your communion with God to be more fun, focus less, if I can say, on you and more on God and the world. And all of a sudden you begin to realize, oh, prayer is really fun. Because it's not, Lord, I didn't like I got burnt and it's a little, like, good. We, and he cares, thankfully. We, you pray those things. But Lord Jesus, today, don't let anything that happens. In fact, Lord, I just lost my job, and I pray that I'm going to be able to keep doing what you've called. I can't be with those people, so would you give me a job where I can be a missionary to those people? Lord, would you give me a job? Maybe a, uh, being a giver is a big thing in your life. You say, Lord, would you give me a job that I can continue to give and support a Carl Etheridge, 70 other missionaries here? Lord, I don't want to stop doing what you've called me to do, so don't let anything get in the way. It changes your life, the perspective of what we are, of who we are, of what Jesus is all about. Not a genie that's like, oh, I have a wish. That's not what prayer is. But Lord, would you align my heart with your heart? And what does he want? He wants the world to know. He wants to the world to experience him. So grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand. There's nothing like it. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, as Paul told the Philippians, right, right, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And there's something, if I give it all to God, I offer it all to God, and I keep my attitude of prayer, Lord, I want to do your will on this earth. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to be who you've called me to be. Prayer is fun. Pray, prayer is exciting. It's who we are. It's what we do. It must be. Prayer must become honest communication, not formulas or traditions. Just tell the Lord, thank you for what you've done. That's why I love worship. I love singing worship. Like, our life is worship. But I love singing songs to the Lord. Why? Because it's talking about what he's done before and talking about what he's going to do in the future. The song, Do It Again, you've done it before and I know you're going to do it again. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in your life. And we can let faith arise within us. Let prayer, let prayer be who you are to believe and to stand on the word of God. To believe that this word is all you need. It's what we need. He's got you to spend time in worship, prayer, and the word. I worship 
uh, team's going to come back up here. But why I pray, what I pray, but when I pray. What, what should happen? What's that look like? And I love verse 40 uh, or 31. It says, and when they had prayed. So a few specific things in prayer. Oftentimes, in fact, most of the time, we are not in this setting or at a Tuesday morning prayer meeting or a Wednesday night prayer meeting or a Monday morning Facebook live moment, right? Normally, we're by ourselves. So there's individual prayer, super important, to get a, a prayer closet sort of a place. I encourage you, a great place to pray, spend time with Jesus, that doesn't take any more time, is in your car. Like a little less sports radio or whatever, old, oldies or, you know, whatever. Turn on a little bit of worship music, spend time with Jesus. You're, you're in the car anyways. That's free. But then get a prayer closet. Where can you pray individually? But in the New Testament, we see over and over and over again, group prayer. And when the church had a problem, the church came together and the church prayed. When the individual, Peter and John, had a problem, the church came together and prayed. And they prayed the heart of the situation. Lord, don't let us stop doing what you've called us to do. Don't let us stop speaking your truth and your word. There's individual prayer, but group prayer is vital to who we are, to unifying the body of Christ. And I would encourage you, if you don't have a place where you are part of group prayer, Tuesday morning, 7 to 8, Wednesday night, 7 to 8.30, come to one of these times. Maybe you're like, I can't do that. Well, get a group of people together, and you find a time to pray. And maybe you say, I don't know how to pray. It just seems so difficult. It's, I want to encourage you, come to Tuesday morning prayer. Come to Wednesday night prayer. Stand by someone who prays. Come stand by me, or come stand by Pastor Dave. He'll pray the whole time right? Just stand by him. You can even get so close, it's a little awkward. Just be, you know, whatever you need to do to learn, to hear, and then you begin to let prayer become a pattern of your life, and all of a sudden, we have on Sunday, or on Tuesday mornings, that one hour, the first half hour goes by fast, by ourselves, kind of, I walk around, that's how I like to pray. I almost always walk around praying, it's just my thing. But then we come and sit down over here in a group, and those last 30 minutes of prayer, Tiffany, they go, go by so fast. You look at the clock, and you're like, it was just 7.30, now it's 8.04. We gotta close this up, because people need to go to work. There's something about coming together, and every prayer time looks a little bit different because the Spirit leads and guides and directs us to new things, to new moments, to new opportunities. In fact, verse 31 goes on, and says the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And there's something that happens in prayer when I start to give God my praise that all of a sudden I realize, you know what? My prayer, it's not only what I do and my wisdom. Anybody thank, thank the Lord? It's not my wisdom, it's not your wisdom. But the Holy Spirit begins to help you and guide your prayer. A couple of weeks ago, we had Good Friday worship and prayer night, and we had plans and some direction, and it kind of didn't go exactly how we thought. Way better, because the Spirit started to speak, and someone had a word, and someone had a scripture, and someone had another word. There, was, there were different areas that we went. Why? Because the Holy Spirit showed up. Go figure. When we're in prayer, when we're united, and three hours of prayer, which some of you are like, that's forever. And worship, that was a lot of worship. It went by so fast, so fast. Why? Because we were united. The Spirit was moving because it wasn't about us, but it was about Him. On that night, we didn't have a list of anything. We just worshiped Jesus, talked to Jesus, looked at what Jesus was doing, looked at the Word, 
something happens when we let the Spirit move within us. And in fact, there's kind of two areas. Our prayer, when we're in the natural and we're speaking uh, English, right? There's, the Holy Spirit's going to guide and direct if we allow Him. But Acts chapter 2 talks about a, a spirit, uh, a heavenly prayer language that we have, that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit to another level. And I love praying in the Spirit. I love giving God time because I'm not sure what is always said. In fact, I don't know. I'm speaking a language I don't understand. But my spirit aligns with what God has to say. The Spirit's praying through me. And I, it's like the best prayer you could possibly pray. Lord, I don't know what to pray for my children. So I'm going to pray in tongues. I'm going to let God pray. Holy Spirit, what do you want to pray? I'm going to let him move. And all of a sudden, my heart aligns with his heart because the Spirit is leading and guiding. And I'll be praying in my heavenly prayer language and then come back into English and I'm praying something different. Not, it's not like anything takes over, but my spirit aligns with God. And I understand, Lord, you are doing something way bigger than just me. We begin to understand, Lord, in my job, it doesn't have to be, be, my, be my, or me by myself, but Holy Spirit, you speak and move and guide. You do something and it helps me accomplish even work but also being a missionary to my work. Lord, you do your goodness. You show yourself. You move in might and authority. Church, the Holy Spirit wants to guide us. 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, what am I to do? Paul says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Let the spirit guide you in the natural, in my mind, but in the spirit. He's so good. Church, prayer is all about our need for God. It's all about our need for God and His desire to walk life with you. Because there's no point in praying, but He wants to walk with you. When I understand, Lord, I need you so much. I need you so much. He begins to reveal Himself. As I spend time, let the Spirit guide and direct. And so we're going to take the last few minutes, maybe 10 minutes or so, We'll be out 12, 15 to say, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to speak? How do you want to move in my life? What do you want to say? And how do you want to show up? That's what it's all about this morning. Is Lord, what do you want to do? And we want to pray for you. In fact, if our prayer team, if you can make your way to the front, if you have a need in your body, we want, we ask you, I would beg you this morning to come to the front here in a minute. We want to pray for you. We'll have oil, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for your need, your healing. But we're also going to pray at the end of that time. So prayer team, we're going to pray for them that this week you would be led by God to proclaim his goodness. That you would see signs and wonders follow you. What they prayed. Lord Jesus, this week, I pray that there would be a new job. I pray that there would be healing. I pray there would be a relationship mended. And in the process, I pray that when I'm at work, the spirit of God would move in you. Let the Spirit of God move in you, because that's what we're praying for. One more for Jesus. Let somebody else come to experience Him. Maybe today you haven't experienced Acts chapter 2, being filled with the Holy Spirit in that way. We're going to talk here in the coming weeks. I encourage you to ask God. Maybe you get your Bible out, your Bible app, even while we're praying and you read Acts chapter 2. Say, Lord, I want that. I want that. I need that. I need the Spirit. I know I personally need the Spirit in another level. We're going to let God move. Before we invite you to the front, if you're here today and you say, I've never given my life to Jesus, 
I want to invite you. There's nothing better. That's why we're here on a Sunday morning. That's why we do groups. That's why we do, it's, everything is about that relationship with Jesus. If you've never given your life to him, all you have to do is ask him, Lord, forgive me. I repent of my past. I turn to you. I make you the Lord of my life. Whatever words you want to use, just offer yourself to him. And he welcomes you. And the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when you come to him. So let's go after him. Don't uh, do that. And then let's spend time in prayer. This week, let's spend time in prayer. So church, I'm going to pray for you. The girls are going to lead and sing a, a song. But let's pray. And if you need something, let's have faith to come to believe. So Lord, this morning, we're thankful for who you are. We're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful that you still move, that you still restore, that you still make new. God, we're thankful that it matters more about uh, what you're going to do through us. And Lord, in that process, Lord, you care about our physical needs as well. Lord, you care that our world knows about you, but you also care if we're sick or if we're in need. And we can bring our petitions to you, our problems to you. As your word says, Lord, we could take our anxiety to you. Lord, you remove them. You take care of us. So, Lord, don't let us be anxious, but let us come to you boldly in prayer. Holy Spirit, would you guide each person in this room to call out to you, to cry out to you, to let your goodness rest upon them. Lord, we pray for miracles. We pray for miracles. We pray for miracles in this place. We love you, Jesus. Right now, if you have a need in your body, if you would come make your way to the front, if you're in uh, seats today, if we could all just stand up as we're going to close this time in prayer and worship, make this a moment with the Lord. And don't, don't not come to the front because you've come before. Don't not come to the front because it's not what you do. Let's believe. We're going to pray. We're going to believe. God loves you and he wants to do something in your life. Let's, let's go to the Lord and pray.
There's never been a love so great. He died so we could live. Then he rose up from that grave. Name another king like this. Now all authority forever belongs to him. He reigns in victory. Name another king like this. There's never been a love so great. He died so we never been a love so great he died so we
Jesus, we are thankful that you move, that you are on the throne. And Lord, when we pray, those that are here, those in the, that are in the seats today, Lord, we ask you that we would begin to hear of testimonies of what you've done. Lord, we begin to hear of how you moved, how you healed, how you delivered. Lord, we pray that the loved ones that don't know you, that are not walking with you, that where relationships were broke. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would begin to hear one after another of what you've done, of how you are moving. Lord, we are thankful. And Lord, our number one prayer, Lord, the commission that you gave us is that we would go make disciples, we'd baptize, we'd teach. Lord, we would experience and let the world experience you. So Lord, this week, would you anoint this church, these people, to be used by you, God, to proclaim your goodness, that they would be anointed to pray for the sick and to see them get better. Lord, that they would be anointed to speak up where maybe last week they wouldn't have. Lord, that they would encourage. Lord, because we want to know you. So Lord, why we ask you, Lord, we don't like going to jail if you're Peter or John. Lord, what they really want is to be able to proclaim your goodness. And Lord, that's our heart today. We want to proclaim your goodness and be able to tell people what you have done. So Lord, we love you. We glorify you. Let us live for you this week in a way that makes you proud, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we're just thankful. We're blown away that you would come and you would speak to us and you'd give us your word and you'd want us to worship you. We're blown away that you walk with us in a relationship. And uh, God, help us just to say yes over and over. Yes to what you're doing. Yes to how you're moving. Help us to be constant and consistent in prayer. Turn to you first, God. You are so, so, so good. We love you. We love you. Church, let's go be the hands and feet of Jesus. We can stay at the altars. If you want to come, the altars are always open. Uh, Don't rush out. Let's go be the hands and feet of Jesus this week. Let's tell our world who he is. Let's proclaim him. There's nothing like Jesus. There's nothing like him. Next week, if you're new with us, we'd love to have you at party with the pastor in the classroom after either the first or second service. We're going to have a great time. i uh, just love to get to know you. And uh, thank you for being a part. Thank you for being here this morning, this week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a great week.